There's a star in the east on Christmas morn. Rise up, shepherd, and follow. It will lead to the place where the Christ was born. Rise up, shepherd, and follow. Follow, follow. Rise up, shepherd, and follow. Follow the star of Bethlehem, rise up, shepherd, and follow. First reading is from First Kings, the third chapter. And the king went to Gibeon to sacrifice there, for that was the great high place. Solomon used to offer a thousand burnt offerings on that altar. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream. By night, and God said, "Ask what I shall give you." And Solomon said, "You have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he was because he walked before you in faithfulness, <clears throat> in righteousness, in uprightness of heart toward you." And you have kept for him this great and steadfast love, and have given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in a place of David my father. Although I am but a little child, I do not know how to go out or come in. And your servant is in the midst of your people whom you have chosen a great people. Too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding mind to govern your people, that I may discern between good and evil, for who is able to govern this your great people? It pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this. God said to him, Because you have asked this, and have not asked for yourself long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself understanding to discern what is right, behold, I now do according to your word. Behold, I give you a wise and discerning mind, so that none like you has been before you, and none like you shall arise after you. I give you also what you have not asked, both riches and honor, so that no other king shall compare with you all your days. And if you will walk in my ways, keeping my statutes and my commandments as your father David walked, then I will lengthen your days. And Solomon awoke, and behold, it was a dream. Then he came to Jerusalem and stood before the ark of the covenant of the Lord and offered up burnt offerings and peace offerings and made a feast for all his servants. The word of the Lord. Psalmody for today is Psalm 72. Give the king your justice, O God, and, right, and your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor and the people. Give deliverance to the children of the needy and crush the oppressor. 
May they fear you while the sun endures, and as long as the moon throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may the righteous flourish, and peace abound, till the moon be no more. May he have dominion from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. May desert tribes bow down before him, and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the coastlands render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him, all nations serve him, for he delivers the needy when he calls, the poor and him who has no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence, he redeems their life, and precious is their blood in his sight. Long may live, long may he live. May gold of Sheba be given to him. May prayer be made for him continually, and blessings invoked for him all the day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Second reading is from the first chapter of Ephesians. Blessed be, the God, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even, his, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Christ Jesus through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his gracious grace, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him, who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of God, might be to the praise of his glory. In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. This is the word of the Lord. We will stand in a moment for the gospel lesson, but before we read the gospel lesson, this is the ninth day of Christmas. The church invests 12 days to celebrate the nativity of our Lord and remember his earthly family. 
Today we remember some of the few written records of Jesus' family and his younger years. Now there are some beautiful glimpses of our Lord's family in those early years. There are some special examples for parents as they raise their children in Christian faith. Similarly, there are special, special examples for the church as we mature and grow in faith as a community and assist others in knowing and following Jesus. As you follow along this morning, the gospel lesson, listen carefully for clues relating to Jesus' family life and his family faith practices. For they are God-inspired examples for us to follow this year and every year. I invite you to stand and honor the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the second chapter. When the time came for their purification according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who first opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him, and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. He came in the spirit to the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and blessed God. He said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin, and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshiping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. And when they had performed everything according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. And now his parents, they went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, they were returning. As they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. 
His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey. But then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, searching for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. He said to them, Why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? They did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. He went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Jesus, he increased in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. This is the gospel of our Lord. Some of you have heard a statement An apple does not fall far from the tree. In nature, that statement is true. Gravity pulls the ripe fruit from the tree's branches to the earth. Apples fall toward the ground directly beneath the tree that birthed them, and they can grow in similar fashion to their parent tree. Historically, we use that statement when talking about the behavior of children. It is true, there is a a nature part of us as children. We can physically resemble parents and in some cases grandparents. We can also have personalities similar to others who are in our family. But there's more. There's the nurture part. Children are often, not always, reflections of their family's morality, ethics, daily life, their faith. A child, think about it. Does a child, and this is of any age, because all of us, regardless of our age, are children. So when I say child, just don't think of little ones. We're all children. Does a child speak respectfully to adults, saying Mr. and Mrs. when they address them? Do they, do they answer, yes, sir, yes, ma'am? Or do they say, yeah, no. Does a child notice people? who are in need and offer to assist? Does a, does a child give up their chair so that someone who may be more frail can sit? Does a child generally re- respect people regardless of color and any other differences? Or do they show disrespect to people as they've learned? Does the child consider the sanctuary space holy space? Blessed and consecrated for prayer, worship, and thanksgiving, or they treat it like a movie theater? drink and eat and run around and play? Is worshiping God and serving like Jesus, is it a have to or is it a, a want to? Are the sacraments and the Bible lesson treasured gifts? Does a child take more food than they need? Do they throw plates of food into the trash? Do they pick up after themselves? Or expect someone else to do it for them? Do they throw trash out the window? Leave trash wherever they want? Do they say please? Do they say thank you? 
Do they push or shove or drive aggressively to get there first? The things we teach shows up in the children of all ages. And the things we teach may not always be related to instructions or words. Rather, sometimes they're just presented to the next generation as they witness their family do. Our family traditions, our community traditions, our core values, our Christian faith, or not, all these are passed on one generation to the next. So I guess it is true. Apples don't fall far from the trees. Now with that in mind, let's look at the subtle yet powerful examples we've been given in this blessed family. This holy family, they're called. Mary, Joseph, Jesus. We see that Joseph and Mary were devout and faithful to God people. They knew God's life instructions, God's law, and they strove to honor their God and live in blessedness according to the law of God as taught by the priests and the elders. Moreover, they raised their son within this law, within this moral code, this ethical system that God has empowered and entrusted to His people. The evidence is in here, Luke 2.21. Eight days after His birth, He is circumcised according to the law of Moses. Luke 22, five times in the account, in the account of Mary purification, and she's presenting Jesus, we are told that his parents acted according to the law. Luke 41, 2.41. Every year, it says, every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. Now that might just pass over for us just not paying much attention to it, but that last statement alone is a powerful example of faithfulness that's being transmitted from the parents to their son, to this next generation. Here's why I say that. If his parents walk at a pace of 15 miles a day, and I don't know when it was the last time that you walked 15 miles in a day. Most people struggle to walk five at another five, at another five. If you walk 15 miles a day on unlevel ground and paths, if you will, and 15 miles a day is quite a pace. Um, and if you do that, traveling at your own expense, which could be expensive, and if you're traveling by foot like they did, and you're carrying your provisions, what you sleep on, what you eat, what you drink, probably fairly uncomfortable and taxing upon your body. Exhausting, perhaps. And if you're carrying children and or taking care of the possessions of those who are too weak to carry their own, maybe they're just sick or maybe they're older and they don't have their own personal strength to carry their stuff, so you carry your stuff and their stuff so that they can accompany you. That is a substantial effort. The Holy Family, we read here then, so loves their Lord that with their words and their life actions, they will invest four to five days of considerable expense and considerable significant effort so that they can be at God's temple in Jerusalem 
to rightly give God thanks and praise for His goodness, His provisions, His awesome love. That is a powerful life example of faithfulness. Luke reveals for our benefit the fact that Mary and Joseph were devout and faithful in their words and their deeds. Luke reveals that they raised their son in a faithful, pious household. Because of Luke's gospel, we know that Jesus grew up with parents who made it a habit of obeying the law of God and displaying lives of faithfulness. We know that Jesus grew up exposed to the history and truth of the Holy Scriptures. Healthy life habits were established in him because of his family. Those same customs and habits are echoed later in his life. Later on, when you read the gospel lessons, you'll see echoes of his childhood later on, but here's a couple. Luke twenty-two thirty-nine. It was his custom to go to the Mount of Olives to pray. The customs as a child to pray are echoed in the rest of his life to pray. Luke 4.16, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath as was his custom. You would never keep this Lord, this Savior, this Jesus, Son of God, away from his Father's house on any Sabbath. It was his custom. Luke 2.49, do you not know that I must be in my Father's house? His Father's house. What an insight He gives us all. We come home each week to our Father's house. Now this last, this Sunday, the first Sunday of um, 2022, this is a good day, considering that's just the second day of this new year, to make plans and goals as a people of God for this coming year. So some thoughts for us today. What what are the Christ-like habits that at this time of the year, these first days of the year, that we are going to to resolve to make? What are the God-like habits that we want to make and to keep as God's people? What are the Christ-like examples that we want to present to our family and to our friends? What life-impacting ministries are we going to personally invest our time, our finances, our prayer, our life energy to build on behalf of our Lord Jesus? That last phrase in this last week has come to haunt me. In fact, a couple of nights this last week, it's kept me awake in the middle of the night. What are we going to build for our Lord? And I wake up thinking, I can't go back to sleep. Here's why. I was walking through an older, fairly wealthy neighborhood. It had big trees, old trees, big, beautiful, classically built houses, meticulously meticulously painted and preserved. Um, The landscaping of these houses was refined. The fences were painted. I mean, it was just a gorgeous, old, well-kept neighborhood. While walking along, I saw what looked like a a marble birdbath. Not plastic, mind you. And not some cement, you know, but like a cast type of product. No, it was marble. 
It had a beautifully chiseled, carved base. And I thought, how long did it take to do that? You know, a block of stone to make that? Wow. And then it had a beautifully fashioned beam that came off that base to support the bath. And then the bath basin, oh my gosh, it was beautiful. It had flowers and leaves crafted into it along these bowl-like lines that it was engraved. And I thought, what kind of stone and how long? It was a piece of art. It must have taken someone who had developed great artistic skill a great deal of time to chisel and to fashion and to polish. And if it was purchased, it must have cost a lot of money. And there it was, placed in this perfectly landscaped yard, stained with moss, or mold, whatever that kind of green, black stuff that grows on stuff outside. With leaves and dirt in a bowl of shallow water that looked stagnant rainwater-like. The, this beautiful, expensive bird bath had fallen into disuse. It was forgotten. This expensive piece was now unimportant and neglected. And by its looks, valueless. And I stood there, and I thought, actually, I stood there and I prayed. <laughs> I said, please, Lord, don't let me craft bird baths. Don't let me invest my life where it does not matter into projects and into hobbies and to an eff- and into efforts that are valueless in your eyes. Forgive me when I have done so, and I have. And lead me, Lord, lead me to invest my life to do better this year. No more bird baths. Friends, the new year's just started. Let us resolve to be a church community that will not build bird baths, if you will. Let us resolve to, to loving God first in our lives and then loving each other. And, it, that, and we would love every soul that ventures into this sanctuary and every soul that presents us while we're out and living in the world, those little God appointments that He gives us that we would love in those moments. Let us resolve to personally, I mean each one of us, not for someone else to do, but you personally resolve to invest into the lives of the children of this church and the lives of the children in this world and into the young families and into the veteran families and the most veteran among us. We will not just go on taking care of our business, but we will matter and others will matter to us. Resolve to do that to be that people. Let us resolve to presenting the way of Christ, not the world's ways. Let us present Jesus' way, this truth of our Lord, this life of Jesus, our Lord. Let us resolve to do that to our families, to our friends, to each other. Doing so confidently, unapologetically, yet with great love. 
specifically this year, 2022, let us resolve to following the example of the Holy Family that we will place the worship of God on the Sabbath in church a priority. That we will make reading the Holy Scriptures and the learning of God's story with God's people, with our friends and families in small groups, a priority. Individually and corporately, that we would strive to be obedient to God's law, that we would live in gratitude of God's gifts, and that we would receive and extend God's forgiveness as ambassadors of our Lord Himself. Sunday. This is the ninth day of Christmas. It's the second day of the new year. This is a great day to live as fruitful trees for our Lord. This is a great day to be a blessing to the generations that will follow. The apple does not fall far from the tree. God help us be good trees. Amen. Let us declare our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and descended to heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again with glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spoke by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let us pray for God's people. We pray for the church, that the light of the gospel of salvation be proclaimed here and everywhere, the wisdom of God be honored and followed, and the gifts of God be treasured and shared. Lord of the church, in mercy, hear our prayer. And we pray as this new year begins for our nation and for all people of the world that there be an end to hostilities. We pray that times of faithfulness and holiness everywhere prevail. Lord of all times and all people, in mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for our families and our neighbors. Help us to remember that each person in our lives is a precious gift from God, guided by the Holy Spirit. Help us to choose wisely how we invest our time in the coming weeks and find in our associations with God's people a source of mutual support and blessing. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We pray for people we know and love who are in need of your strength, comfort, and healing. We pray for those whose lives are in transition, the unemployed, the defeated and hopeless, the addicted, those who are downcast or grieving, and all those we name in our hearts now. 
Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray. We will trust in your mercy through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I want to walk as a child of the light. I want to follow Jesus. God set the stars to give light to the world. The star of my life is Jesus. In Him there is no darkness at all. The night and the day are both alight. The land is the light of the city of God. Shine in my heart, Lord Jesus. I want to see the brightness of God. I want to look at Jesus. Dear Son of Righteousness, shine on my path and show me the way to the Father. In Him there is no darkness at all. The night and the day are both alive. The land is the light of the city of God. Shine in my heart, Lord Jesus.